Oh my god. How cool. I love that. So exciting. Wow. Hi, I'm Pip and this is Jumbled Loves a Chat. Amazing. Love that it. Is stunning. That is like so flipping true. Come and get your coffee. <laughs> Cheers to that. Hi, and welcome to Jumbled Loves a Chat. This week's is a little different. I interviewed Jane Kay, the CEO and founder of Bird's Nest at our recent huddle event, and we recorded it live. I just wanted to say that I was extremely nervous before this little chat on stage, but I put my big girl pants on and I interviewed Jane and I think you're going to absolutely love her. She's a total powerhouse and she's so humble and insightful. Just wanted to say I'm sorry if you can hear my big pearly earrings um, clanging against my microphone. I learned a valuable lesson um, that I shouldn't wear such big earrings. But thank you and I hope you enjoy. This was probably the one secret I could keep, was that Jane was coming to join us um, here. Every other secret I think I let out of the bag. Um, to me, Jane epitomises this event. So I just, I reached out to her really early on and she couldn't come for a little bit, but then she could come. And so, yeah, I just really wanted to talk to you. And really, lots of people don't know about Jane, so, I hope you're going to enjoy getting to you know, know we, a little you know, bit of it. we actually my... just booked it out on our own accord, we, <laughs> the three of us. Oh, yes, it's so funny. <laughs> we saw that they were... Anyway, so we'll get started. We just wanted to be here, so I'm feeling, you know, <laughs> very privileged to be up here. Jane is the woman when it comes to regional online business. There's so much for us to learn from her, and that's why she's here. In 2004, she bought country, High Country Outfitters, a clothing shop in Cooma with no retail experience at all. Within four years, the shop had gone online. In that sense, she was a total pioneer. Most thought she was crazy. In 2017, Bird's Nest took out fourth place in the BRW's Best Places to Work. Amazing, and in Cooma. <laughs> Bird's Nest now turns over, I'm sorry, I have to tell everyone so they know how amazing you are, $25 million annually. And 95% of those sales come from online. Jane has more than 140 employees and more than 90% of them are local and most of them are kick-ass business females. Please welcome Jane Kay, CEO and founder of Bird's Nest. <laughs> so good to be here, Pip. No. She just pep talked to me before. I was trying to fob it off and I was like, anyway, tell us. Total girl crush here as well. Oh, no. Just let me uh, just say. Like everyone in the room. And, and a we cheers. And a the... cheers to everyone as well. <laughs> Thanks. Cheers. cheers. She promised me champagne. That's why I came. I know. Totally. <laughs> um, tell us 
about your childhood, because I think that a lot of us here, when your businesses, we've got small businesses, I think your childhood and your background um, mould so much of what Should I lie happens. down for this? Or? No, no, go for it. <laughs> In the chair? Yeah. Um, well, I'm a 78 vintage, um, so, I, you know, I'm... There's a few looks. There's lots of different vintages here, but um, you know we were blessed to grow up in the 80s. You know, yeah. no technology. You know, and I, I, lots of people are from the land here. I'm actually not from a farm as such. I'm a townie. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a street rat too. Yeah, Don't. <laughs> yeah. So you know, and 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 I have very two distinct memories because I grew up till till I was six. We were in Moree. Yeah. And then we moved. So we moved from like the top of the state to. Um, the Snowy Mountains, so very flat country to very hilly, and, and you know, it's a, you know, we grew up in a cul-de-sac with kids everywhere, yeah. spearmint bikes and Barbies, and um, it was a pretty kind of blessed childhood. I think, you know, I was an only child till my parents just completely lost the formula after they made me. They were going to have six children. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably lucky. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, that... I think it's quite influential that I'm the first child. I think, you know, a few P's that go along with that, like a pleaser, slightly yeah. a perfectionist, uh, a bit of a protectionist. So I think the order of the family, the fact that I was an only child for so long, my husband says I have OCS, which is called only child syndrome. Ah, oh, that's funny. <laughs> Apparently I like to get my own way. Um, so, yeah, I think some of those things were probably quite influential in, in my childhood. I, I think, you know, it was all super blessed, but I hated primary school, which ah. is interesting. I had a great high school and I just, I felt always left out in mm. primary school. And sometimes I think I've just like built a building, uh, build a business so that I've got like somewhere friends. to hang out. Friends, yeah. Friends that, that you pay. They kind of like me, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. yeah. They have to like you. Um, what, and what did you want to be when you were growing up? Uh, well, look, uh, I, um, we grew up definitely with business being discussed at the breakfast table. Yeah. Um, so uh, dad uh, started a management at, he was in accounting, started a management accounting firm for, particularly for farmers. Oh. So um, actually had a, he had a branch in Orange for a long time. It's called yeah. Voice Chartered Accountants. Um, I'm actually one of his partner's daughters I met last night. <laughs> so anyway, so he, uh, and so we moved with that business and that, I just knew what went on at the, at the breakfast table, had mm. to stay at the breakfast table, I wasn't discussed it at school or anywhere else. And I just thought when you grew up, that's what you did, you started mm. a business. And I think um, Dad particularly has probably been incredibly influential on... Are you know, good with numbers, like your dad? Oh, not as good. No. But definitely... Must not. be good for 25 million. <laughs> um, yeah, so numbers definitely, because I'm not the fashion girl. We were the fashion girls here, Pygy, should have been born in Paris. Um, so, yeah, didn't know anything about that. So, luckily, I had some other skills. But I think the thing that Dad imparted mostly on me was um, he just saw potential in everyone. Yeah. He saw huge potential. And he always said, Jane, just surround yourself with people smarter than you. Oh, <laughs> Which was really good advice. <laughs> so then... How did Bird's Nest happen? On there, on the video, we heard you talking mm. about IBM, so you're working for them. Yes. The internet would have been really super, quite super new. new. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I hit uni in 96. Um, we're August getting like our first Hotmail addresses. It was yeah. all very exciting. Yeah. Um, and we, I definitely left come to the country town saying, Mum, you know, um, see you later. <laughs> I'm, off <to> where, <laughs> I'm off to where the action is. You know, I want this really creative, cool career. And um, I got to uni and I was lucky enough to get offered a um, scholarship, but it meant I had to work. Oh, no. It, it, which was a great scholarship because I got to work in industry, but I had to study technology. And I was like, oh, I didn't even... Like, I got to my first 
tube, and I didn't even know how to save onto a disc. Like I didn't, yeah. like I didn't know what a disc was yeah. actually. Um, and so, yeah, new, I thought it just computers were for boys and nerds, and uh, that was not for me. But then, yeah, the internet was changing everything, and I was like, whoa. So I started studying it, and then when I. This is going to change everything. It's going to change the way we learn, the way we sh- mm. date, the way we shop, the way we do Would business. Would we have thought about dating back then? So I oh. guess, yeah, I guess that did happen. Like yeah. with the internet so early as well, yeah. Yeah, I've actually got an email trail that I like printed out from when Ollie and I oh. were like courting at that time and yeah. going back and forth. So, so we had you, an met, email, you met Ollie? Yeah, so yes, that's what happened. Sorry. You've got to keep me on track. This no, is, no, this no. This is really good, you know. No. <laughs> um, so I met Ollie, yes, of course, and then I knew I was going to be destined for regional Australia, which um, was not in the plan. So, no. And yeah, I remember my sister and me going, Jay, you're going to waste your whole degree and you're going to, you know, and I'm like, oh, I don't, I'm, I'm hoping not. Yes. But I knew I had to, you know, adapt quickly. And, yeah. and so you moved to Cooma? Yes. Moved to Kuma, we bought a farm, and I think there's, I mean, one of my favourite um, sayings in kind of life and business and everything is, comes from probably an unlikely source, but it's Charles Darwin. Yeah. And he um, tells us that, you know, um, it's not the most intelligent that survive, it's not the strongest, it's the one that's most adaptable to change. Yeah. Uh, and I think that has really served me very well all through kind of life and so I thought you know I was so impractical and I knew like I, I'm you know I, I kind of understand the psychology of a sheep a little bit now and where I should stand you know to yeah. get them to go through yeah, yeah, the yeah. gate yeah um but I knew that that was not go- I was gonna probably become a bit of a psychopath oh, <laughs> if I hanged out on the farm for yeah, too yeah, long. yeah 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 totally so you t- ended up buying high country traders high country outfitters yep. yes sorry um why, why did you buy that store? We uh, we looked at you know we looked at quite a few businesses. I just wanted to you know as I said I just you wanted, wanted to, to get buy in charge one? of my own industry. No, well, no, we looked at starting yep. businesses like all sorts of things. So it really just this was a great business. I knew the business really well because I'd grown up with it. It had mm. been around for twenty something years. So that's a different path in terms of being able to walk into a business with an amazing manager, Pagi, who's still with us, like running oh. an incredible store. Yeah. Um, and so you know to walk in and then have customers on day. One, so literally, I was doing my apprenticeship. You know, I just get in every day, back in the floor, just do what I was told. Piggy, what do I do next? You know, yes. um, and just learnt about retail on that shop. Floor. And what were you selling in the store then? Oh yeah, that was eclectic. Um, so <laughs> Piggy loved horses, so it had saddlery, um, and then it had. Uh, uh, it used to be a rural merchandise store, so it sort of grew up from there. But then, actually, about sixty or seventy percent of it was women's fashion, and that. When I looked at the numbers, yes, that yeah. was the only bit that was working. Okay, so the saddles weren't working or anything. Like no, that. well, it didn't help that I was serving people. Like people would come in and say, "Oh, I'll have a bit, thanks," and I'll be like, "Oh, well, they would have said something probably smarter than that about yeah, yeah, what yeah. kind of bit they needed." Yeah. Um, and I'd be like, "Oh, I think that goes in the mouth. Just follow me," you know, and I'd take them to the section. Mm. But it would have um, been great learning on the shop floor. It was, and I think well. you know that's when I fell in love with the business because I was like, you know, how does a girl go from this corporate career with, like, literally with Ivy and they were flying me around the country and I was, you know, having this pretty yeah. awesome time working in different industries and then I was literally like, oh, can I get you another size in those shoes and, you know, da 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 and I was like, how's my little ego going to cope with this? Yeah. Um, and I just loved it. And it's a good buzz, oh, isn't it? God, when so, you make people happy yeah. and you... That transformation yes. that happens and then realising mm. that actually... 
this thing called therapy, retail therapy, is like, it's real. True. It's true. People um, tell you everything in the change rooms. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, you actually need... Yeah, we've actually got now a, a psychologist supporting our team Stop in the store. It. Yeah. Because and she used to work. She used to work for Lifeline. She's a great friend, Sarah. Lifeline. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. She, crazy. <laughs> I, we um, need one of those at work. Yeah, too. I can lend her out. She's called Zana Carroll. She's fabulous. Um, anyway, so yeah, because often you need to know how to hold space for people because mm. it is a hugely vulnerable space for women, fashion, mm. and you know, from the moment we're born, we are judged on our appearance. You know, just before we're coming up here, what what am I doing? I'm brushing my hair in the Looks bathroom. Nice. Thanks. Yeah, lippy on. And then so. You did that, and then you went online four yes. years later. So what yeah. year was that? In between, we bought a men's store, but we won't talk about oh, that. Oh, is it? Faster. It's no. no men's fashion is very. They, I always find men buy when it's cold. We buy <laughs> because the beautiful jumpers in, but it's still summer. Like we're just very different, yeah, aren't we? Practical. I know. So yeah, so it would have been. Yeah. So then, what year did you go online? 2008, but we'd be, yeah. we would, I was talking about it from about 2006 and literally everyone was just like, you're nuts, you know, why are you spending so much time on this crazy project? No one is, you know, you have to touch things if you're going to buy them. And this was, you know, at that time I was definitely looking to the international markets where it was really growing in the UK and, yeah. the, and the US, but no stores in, like, Was no stores. anyone doing it in Australia like, yet? Certain, no, not yeah. really. Like, there was a few, like, I think someone like Sports Girl was quite early, but really... Um, very, very few. And there were some brands that we represented online, so brands like Esprit and Jag and oh, brands yes. like that that we represented online for five years before, five or six years before they actually woke up to the fact that it was a pretty happening thing. Yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> it was just right place, right time. Yeah, but also you still did it, though, as no. well. So when you went on... So the online store started, was there a certain point that was sort of where it just really ramped up or do you think it was like this slow build or do you think <laughs> it's just nice. been really hard work or was it just gangbusters or was I, it something? For me, the light switch was when was the retail therapy switch, you know, going, wow, this, there's some real magic happening in this store, you know, and, and we're holding space for women mm. in a place that feels like they can come in here and be themselves. So how did you translate that to online? So I think the thing was actually translating that into a way that, you know, women come in, you know, I love just studying how they came in, you mm. know, and for some, they would just go straight to the pink because just pink makes them feel good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Jess. Um, and, um, you know, or they would, um, you know, it'd be like, oh my gosh, it's the dreaded school reunion or it's like, so it was occasion-based or very often it's body. So just yeah. see these, hide them, show them off, whatever yeah, yeah. it was. Um, and so translating that into a space online so that they could actually um, have that sort of same experience and then ultimately to the point where we could actually say, fill in your whole profile, we'll custom for it just for you. You see, that's amazing. We'll go back to that in a second. So what does Bird's Nest look like today? Is it, is it true that you've moved into the old Woolworths building at <laughs> like the supermarket? It's true. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Even in the video, you just see the scale of it and it's just totally incredible in a regional town as well. Well, it was lucky because that shopping centre was really dying. Yes. So, um, 
but in in its day, it was really very modern. It kind of had like the you had everything that you wanted at, in a department store, and it had the newsagent and the, yeah. the hairdresser and that. And I think in the fifties, it was like the place to be. Yeah. Still, the building still looks like the fifties, but um, so yeah. And when we moved in, there was actually a working supermarket, and we were just in a portion of the building. Right. And then, quite conveniently, the idea sadly went out of business. Yeah. Very sadly. Sad. Very conveniently. But very conveniently. Yeah. Because we'd just run out of space. And so it was already our fifth move by the time we moved oh there. Because we kept okay. going, oh, this space will be big enough. Oh, my God, it's not big enough. This space will be big enough. It's amazing. The move was like a giant, oh, yeah, anyway. So even though 95% of your business is now online, mm -hmm. you still have a bricks and mortar store. We do. Why is that important to you? Oh, I think you heard it in kind of what Jess talked about. I mean, the fact that she's now spent so much time on the floor as well. And it yeah. just, it brings, I mean, it's reminded me that I need to get on the floor more often. And I think, you know, we get a lot of feedback. The design team get a lot of feedback from um, how things are fitting and mm. um, what's not working a lot, um, which is good because we need that. It's just so much more immediate, that feedback. Um, and of course, it's just it's tactile. And people, if people want to experience the the brand, it's you know we've tried to create a space where they are like a queen and can come in yeah. and just order what they want into the yeah. change rooms from. Yeah, it's isn't a that amazing? They've got, got a little like, iPad in the change room where you can um, order just anything from. Yeah, you're like, this stars. is not the right size, and you press a button and it gets bought in for you. You don't even have to pop out of the change room, <laughs> so it's kind of sort of hollering out. And no, it's fabulous. But also, so your customer service for Bird's Nest is outstanding. And how many, what's the percent of repeat customers? Was it 75? It's about 85%. Yeah. So on any so given that's day, just yeah. really phenomenal, isn't yeah. it? Well, yeah, it's kind of... And how have you created that customer service across your business? Like, how, how have you made it so successful? Like, how can we all make ours so great? <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> um, I just think ultimately um, you cannot have happy customers without a happy team. Yeah. So, you know, it's all about the, per you know, you can have all the best policies in the world. Like, you know, we have a 365 day return policy. No. Um, but if you have someone on the phone going, ah, oh, yeah, it's 365 days, just return it when you like, like whatever. Or if you have someone going, oh my gosh, you know, imagine if there was another woman out there that like that was their dream dress and you've got it in your cupboard and, you know, just, you know, because women still get guilty about returning things, you yeah. know, well, they're less and less like, you know, that we're being educated now. But at the beginning, people felt really guilty about returning things. They don't now. Just bring it back, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, they don't. Um, but, you know, so it's, it, it's how you deliver that message. And, and if someone's really hating their job or not happy in their role, then everything that hits it is not, it's just, it's not going to be an author, like a, a genuine experience. Yeah, but how do you, and how do you make, so you were, you were rated fourth, in the best workplaces for over 100 employees, how, how have you made that? How have you created that? I think very selfishly, I wanted to make sure I still wanted to come to work every day. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't want it to turn into primary school. Yeah. Um, it's a jungle out there. Um, so I think, you know, uh, people, like, people thrive in good soil. And so yeah. it's, um, 
I learnt somewhere along the way because obviously I was reproducing at the same time, and you know there were there were there were times when I'd like arrive and I'd meet people I'd never even met before that I'm like, oh wow, hi, I'm Jane. Um, you know, I'd only been out of business for three weeks or something, yeah. um, and and then I just remember this one day I overheard someone that I hadn't met on the phone going, oh, um, so. No, I'm sorry, you won't be able to return. This is his early days. You won't be able to return that. Like, it's past our 14-day return policy. Um, and I was in the background going, no, no. Um, and she was like, oh, just a minute, and I'll call you back. Um, and I was like, oh, don't you know, we just, like, ignore all of that stuff. And yes. It's just old, and we just have this thing, if in doubt, be generous. Yeah. And she was like... I love that. Um, That's a lovely motto. Oh, no, no one's taught me that. And I was like, oh... Okay, all right. And then at that point I realised, oh my gosh, we, we, we were such a small team, we all knew what we were doing, we knew, like, we had these things that we understood, but we weren't hiring for that, we weren't inducting people on that, we weren't training people, it was just such a chaotic mess. Yeah, because it, you grew we just so grew much. really quickly. So then, yeah, so then that was, I felt that was my main job. Like, I don't really have a job anymore. But, so what do you see as your main I, I'm job now? Culture. Just, yeah, culture. The, uh, people yeah. um, and whatever the new thing is because I like shiny new objects. Yes, yeah. Um, and yeah, but it was funny, the award thing, because we went in the, we went into that because we thought, what's the best way to get real feedback from the team? Because yeah. if, if you ask, like people, if they want to give you, sometimes if they want to give you tough feedback, they want to be anonymous about that. And it is an anonymous survey. It's an yeah. international anonymous survey. So you have to do a massive audit and we've just done it again. Um, How'd you go? We, just, we submitted it last oh. week. <laughs> um, so, but we're about to do the survey. I know it's friggin' terrifying, isn't mm. it? Because I'll probably like drop to like 150 and then. Um, so you might be number one as well. <laughs> oh. No. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah. So we and then and then we were just so excited to be in the top 50. We we're like, you're. What? Anyway, so we took like the whole leadership team. There was like 20 of us went to Sydney to celebrate at this thing, and we got in there, and they we were like, oh, "We'll be 40. We'll be 50 or 49." Um, and so they started at 50, and then they got to 40, and then they got to 30, and then by the I was having heart palpitations. By the time they got to the teens, I was like, "Fuck! They've made a mistake. Yeah, we're not yeah. meant to be here." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "We're all gonna go. We just really need to leave now. This is so <laughs> back, embarrassing." Back door. <laughs> Um, and it was like a real, you know, imposter moment of like, okay, we, I think we run now. Um, yeah, so we just couldn't believe it. And that, the band that night, anyway, it was the best band. I, oh. I mean, whether it was that feeling or that we just, it was just danced all night. Yeah. Furnace and the Fundamentals, though, you really need to look them up. Oh, okay. Yeah. We will. Maybe for the next event, yeah. hopefully. So when we spoke before, you said that culture is really important to mm -hmm. you and you being a leader and that you're sort of the leader of the ship, have you always been a good leader? Or is it something that's evolved? Well, if you're in the top, if you're the fourth, whatever, um, you must be. Or is it something that is constantly changing because you have to keep evolving as well, your leadership style? Because sometimes I know I find what was working maybe doesn't work anymore. Or, yeah. you know, you sort of have Always to... Or for different people and not others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think um, that's been a massive journey and, a, like, a, I feel like it's such an accidental... Lead. Like, I, li I started a business just so that I would have a career and then mm. now I'm in charge of, like, all these, you know... Yes. ..creating an environment where all these people can have fulfilling careers. And um, I think once it got to... A, 
I remember probably about four or five years ago, I was like a maniac, really very, very stressed. And, um, and when I'm stressed, I'm generally not really fit for human consumption. Um, probably like everyone, I'm sure. Well, but I didn't know that I wasn't. Yeah, okay. Um, I still thought that was okay. Yep. Um, I still thought it was all right to be really stressed and busy. And I'm so busy and I'm so stressed and I haven't had no sleep. And, you know, and then I still thought I could operate and get away with it. Um, but I knew there was something wrong because I really started questioning whether I was the right person to run the business. So I had a lot of doubt. I was like, I think this is the point in a founder's kind of journey that you go, where's the grown-up around here? Like, just someone find you me. Bring someone yeah, and you bring in. someone like in to sort this stuff out. And so at that time, um, I got a coach. Yeah. Um, and um, I said, look, I... I think that this is maybe like the a time. business coach, or like a, life a coach. coach. He actually had started a business um, in Australia, modelling a business that I adored in the the US called yeah. Zappos. Okay. Um, and they are they. He's written Tony Shea, who started that business, has written a book called Delivering Happiness. It's awesome if anyone wants to read that. And this guy had started a business called Style Tread in Australia, which oh, yeah. you probably know because yeah. it sells shoes. Um, and he's, he's left it now, he's sold it and things, but he had modelled the whole culture on that. So I, was, I looked up to him as an entrepreneur, mm. mentor anyway, and he was a coach. So I got him in and I was like, oh, it's, and he said, well, you know how, what we've got to do? He said, well, we've just got to ask your team what you like. Cringe. What did they say? Ah. I'd hate that. Oh. oh no, it was very. It was pretty confronting. Oh, it was pretty confronting, imagine. and so and for them as well, mm. you know. Cause was it anonymous? No, <gasps> no. Mm. So he worked with each of them. So he he would he sat down. It was kind of like, what should Jane stop doing? Oh. Um, what should she start doing, and what should she continue doing? I'm like cringing. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. Fucking valuable. Yeah. Sorry. You're allowed I to swear. I actually don't even swear that Amy's very much. Done it I heaps. think you're like, sorry. caught it from your sorry. Um, <laughs> It was super, super valuable. Um, oh. Like it was such a gift. And at the time, they pretty much all I could hear was, "What should I stop doing? What should I stop doing?" Oh, it's so bad. Um, and the, you know, they talked about this panic button that I had. And you know, I would just panic over whatever because I was so stressed, and it might be a printing mistake or a, you know. And then I get over it actually quite quickly. Oh yeah. But then I just leave this kind of trail in my wake. Yeah. Um, which is very nice. Um, so I remember googling Dr. Google. Um, how do I calm down? Yeah. Um, May have googled that. It was New Year's Day when you well. do these things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was because it was five years ago. It was before mindfulness became so trendy. And I, all, this stuff on med, all this stuff on meditation came up and I was like, oh no, oh no, oh God, I'm going to have to become a hippie and I don't have time to meditate. This is, you know, anyway, I went to a mindful leadership retreat and it was like finding. Isn't it amazing? I came back like a evangelist. And now at mum, work, you, oh no, you go. No, well, mum actually was just really worried that I was going to run off and leave my husband because she'd heard of people that go to these things oh, in Bali. Um, it's like F45. Like, yeah, yeah. She was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, she was just so relieved that I came back and I still loved Ollie. So. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And then so as well with your workplace, you incorporate mindfulness or meditation. What, yeah, what do you so, do? yeah, so actually this coming Wednesday, um, all the newbies. Yeah. Um, so there's about 20 newbies in the team at the moment. We'll go God, through a full... 20. I know. We, do, we have trainees yeah. every year. So we have yeah. actually 10 trainees, up to 10 trainees that come in. 
So yeah, that's, oh gosh, that's like running a crash. Yeah. Um, so until they're awesome, yeah. and then they're awesome. Yeah. And then you don't know how, what you're going to do at the end when you give them their wings and they fly off. Um, so, oh, God. What um, you bet what you do, oh, the, the new bit mining. So, yeah. yeah, so we have, and she basically, she does all the science stuff, so it gets everyone involved. At the beginning, we called it mind training, so it didn't sound so hippie. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, so she, she teaches us about our brain. I'm like, why do we not learn about our brain when we're this big? Mm. You know, why do we not learn about this frontal cortex, which is like the CEO of the brain, that when you're stressed, you actually can't access, and in there, there's like all the rational, compassionate bits... I didn't um, know any of that, but yeah. Okay, well, we'll, we can I talk know, later. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so we do that, and then she, we, um, and then every day in the nest at ten thirty, we ring a bell, and there's a, we have a whole dedicated meditation room. Um, and does everyone go to no, it? No, no, not everyone goes. Um, it's totally who's up for it. There's some people that just do it every day. Our software engineers actually are probably the ones that go the most um, and were the most resistant at the beginning really? and then it's like a really important part of their day now and it's just great that at least when something goes wrong someone's been in a rainforest that morning yeah. you know so they're all... um, and they can see perspective yeah, yeah. that's great <laughs> and so at Bird's Nest you now have 10 of your own lines your own yeah. ranges that you make yourselves yeah. You design and manufacture. That's how did that all come about? Oh, look, I think this is the kind of, you know, adapt bit. Um, yeah. Because when we started, of course, it was a new thing being online and it was a different relationship with your suppliers because mm. your suppliers were just so grateful to have you as the outlet to reach their customer. Yeah. So, of course, as that relationship changed and all of a sudden they were all, you know, we've had such, we do have such beautiful relationships with us and we've grown up together for a lot of us. Mm. It's like, wow, can you believe we've done this? And mm. now look how far we've come. Um, and there's still an incredibly important part of our business. But naturally they wanted to start having a relationship with their, uh, with their customers as well. Mm. So, of course, then they started going online. And I remember when that first happened, it was like, <gasps> like it felt like someone was stabbing us, yeah. you know, that all of a sudden we were in competition as well as... Yeah, it's as weird. Yeah, weird. It's, it, was a, it was a real adjustment. Um, but then, I mean, in the end, we started actually helping our suppliers getting online. Here, come and do a tour of the nest. We'll show you how you do it and how you pack parcels. And um, so it ended up being much more collaborative and, you know, but, and we understood that was just the way the world was going. And what we brought to the table was how we curated it put it together in outfits and capsules and whatever but we also did need our own point of difference plus we were yes. really struggling with things like size inclusivity yes. you know so we it's wanted impossible now lots yeah, don't we wanted, even go past a 14 or 12 sometimes. yeah and we wanted a size 22 and a yeah. 24 so how do we do that yeah. um so we to be able to and we also had like black pants that were so good and then the supplier like they would stop making them we're like but she loves those you know they're like her staple and um she wants them in five colors yeah um and so then you know and because we have such creative beautiful people that is not me <laughs> in the team we could do it but it was bloody terrifying i have to say yeah but each of the 10 labels yes. is like a different sort of market isn't it yeah so we have things like um natural birds which is all natural fibers yeah it's one of my faves and um boho bird which was early and um you know just just has such a great following and that's Piggy's baby um and it's you know always brings and then we have like moonlight bird and you know that's obviously in the and is there something and, and does your customer have a lot of say do they influence a lot? Well, what actually, you make? our very first label was a print label because we 
we didn't know how to manufacture. Like, I'd, I'd literally, I, I was that girl, I was the first child who was like, straight to uni, straight to da da da. Like, I didn't look sideways. I didn't have, I had a, a bit of fun, but um, <laughs> I didn't travel. So, you know, um, working out what, who we connected with. So, our first trip to India, Hupagi just had to hold my hand the whole time. I was <laughs> terror. You know, I was like, it's massive culture shock. Um, but the people were so beautiful and, um, and then it just all the relationships started building and just felt really natural. And um, but the first thing, because we loved the print there, was we had an illustrator make all these beautiful illustrations and prints, and then we would put them up to vote. Oh, and then fab. The, and then we still do that. That's that bird label. And then the, the community would vote on the. Is the, it usually into. the one you think is going to be the winner that wins the print, or is it? Oh, really? No. Yeah, and it's like, not oh. always the winner when it goes into print. Either. Like when we actually produce it, they oh, loved it on this, but not but necessarily. On, yeah, not on bodies. Or, but it's still yeah. fun. It's still lovely, <laughs> a lovely collaborative thing yeah, you can yeah, do good. with the customer as well, and then they yeah. probably feel like they have a bit of ownership yeah, within your um, company also. Yeah. Um, what? And the fashion industry, and I guess what a lot of the mentors have all been discussing this weekend, like with sustainability and the environment and, um, you know, what, what are your thoughts and what's Bird's Nest doing? Well, I think, you know, I, I have an, a daughter who's 14 yeah. um, and another daughter who's 11 and they are waking me up in terms of they are eco-warriors um, and it's so great that this next generation is waking us up because I had no idea. I did had no, like I feel like I woke up about two years ago and went, how did I end up in an industry that's doing so much damage? Yeah. And I think I spent quite a lot of time in mourning in terms of part of me just wanted to run a mile yeah. and go, oh God, this is massive, you know? And I, um, I was actually in San Francisco now I travel all over the world. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I went to a conference. I really hardly ever go anywhere. Yeah. Um, uh, and I went to this conference because I was so attracted to it. It was called Wisdom 2.0. And it was bringing like the most amazing kind of mindfulness teachers that have really brought Buddhism and that teachings into the Western world, like John like Kabat-Zinn really and like, it. you know, amazing speakers. Um, and with the kind of um, Google Labs of the world and talking about, it started to say, how do we, how do we develop technology wisely in this world? Um, and they had all these, and Steve Hawkins spoke at this and he's an environmentalist and he was interviewed on um, like the 2040 documentary that's just come out recently. And I, there was part of me that just was like, I don't want to go to this, I don't want to hear it. I, you know, this just, there's something in me and I went to it and I it just actually opened my heart to the fact that we can actually there are solutions out there we can be part of it it's one step at a time mm. I've got a business and lots of people so I have to do it in a way that I can it's make it sustainable for them enough. and um so yeah we are just doing everything we can you see our roof is just covered in solar <laughs> panels we have you know we've changed all our packaging we've just got a team of people just working on every aspect of our business and you know again we do, I just have to go back to adapt adapt evolve evolve you know and you know we have to change the way we consume mm. and um and it will change and we'll hopefully be part of that change yeah it's amazing I think with if anyone's starting a new business as well too, it's real, it would be amazing to build in sustainability, sustainable practices in early on rather than like retrofitting. And I think um, sustainability is something that could 
will could set you apart as well from your competition as well. I just think it's something really important that we're, like we need to start doing bits and pieces. We just got solar panels and things like that. But then you see all the packaging that every product comes in for. Um, to keep things safe yeah, yeah. and um, that's... And it's a balance. I think even some of the, the ones that you put on the absolute pedestal, because we're researching all of that, how it comes yeah. into the nest. Um, so we've, we've worked out the getting out, you know, in terms of that was quite easy to change yeah. to all compostable and all that sort of stuff. But bringing in yeah. is is more challenging because you've got, you've got, you know, the and someone like Patagonia who's, you know, totally... Oh, yeah. And we've, we're, we're certainly looking to people who've, done a lot of the research before us even they say bring some things in in plastic because the cost of the damage to the garment once it's been through the process of being made yeah. versus you know protecting it in some way on its journey there's a balance so it's um there's just so much out there so educate educating ourselves is a huge part of what we're doing at the yeah. moment as well in every from everything from starting through to and i think the other thing is to get the garment to last longer and yes. I think there's a huge, and you're seeing the the, the growth of pre-loved clothing, and um, I think that's a huge um, market. Yeah. Okay. That's and I think that's and that's something that's it's about your circle of influence. Where can you start? And I think yeah. that's you know where what we're and even with at. the consumer as well, like educating them to buy better. Yeah, and how we wash smarter. our garments, and you don't need to wash denim that often, and all that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Denim's amazing. Yeah. What. What does the future hold for Bird's Nest? Like, oh. are you a forward planner? <laughs> are you just <laughs> flying by the seat of your pants? Are you... I'm not flying by the seat of my pants. Oh, I don't think we're flying by the seat of our pants. Do you think we're flying by the pants? <laughs> um, I've got some great... I've surrounded myself with people smarter than me, which is great. So yes. there's, like, you know... Who runs our marketing? You know, should you know? I was like, could you just run this? You know, we'd, at the moment we're doing a planning thing where we have these things called OKRs, which are objectives and key results. And you can look these up; it's very well documented. Um, a little company that you might have heard of called Google. Um, they use them, and they it worked out for them. So, um, so what is it? It's like it's just like a philosophy they have to set goals every is quarter. Is that your bird song thing, or is that no, something else? That's oh, different. okay. Oh, we haven't got to bird oh, song. sorry. Gosh. Oh no, you've still got okay, time. OKRs are awesome. So, yeah, but I'm not a very good goal setter, so I need other people who are better goal setters, like Penn, to, you know, show everyone the tools. So, um, you know, we use a, a tool and a great small business tool. It's called Trello. Oh, I yeah. Oh, I tried to use that. To Trello. Sorry. Sarah tried to make me use that. It's yeah. hard. Didn't work out? No, I just got rid Not of the Not visual app. enough? No. Nah. Oh, okay. I don't know. That's I like to visual. cross things off physically. No, it's got boxes. Oh, I couldn't work that bit okay. out of the technology. <laughs> um, yeah, tell us about birdsong as well. Oh, uh, okay. So, Sorry. No, no. I digress. You, we I'm going to go back. Yeah, yeah, we digress. Um, so birdsong was, is really related. Who, who employs people here? How many people employ people? And is not the things that they call the soft skills in business the frigging hardest part? Um, so, I mean, I don't lose sleep over money generally, um, even when it's stressful. Um, and but I do I, I spend a lot of time losing sleep over the emotional stuff and yeah. the stuff that didn't feel great yeah. and all the stuff you get the like yeah. Yeah. in the stomach and the difficult conversation that you're going to have to have or the you know the thing that's happening that is you know, affecting on. the team that, like yeah putting your big girl pants on is like 
the really hard stuff. Yeah. Um, and I guess um, birdsong was something that we developed, you know, when, when, when that thing happened that we realised that person didn't know any of the stuff we believed in, like if in doubt be generous, we realised we needed something to translate that. Um, so we don't, we don't sing this, which is good. <laughs> but it is like each letter stands for something we really believe in. Yeah, so cool. um, something like... Um, D is dance together. We're pretty into dancing, so it's like you know we do sell frogs. Oh, that's so let's not good. Take ourselves too seriously. Um, and um, N is nurture, and that's kind of one of the major foundation pieces. That sense of really, you know, um, no, you know, none of us are any good to anyone. Mm. Um, like I said, you know, with me stressed out, that just didn't work out. So. Um, that putting your oxygen mask on before assisting others stuff and that nerd. and everyone when we celebrate each of these so they're not just plaques on the wall although they are also very big colorful things <laughs> on the wall um every month we celebrate one of these things so everyone loves nurture month because we get in mat masseurs oh how <laughs> yeah. amazing and we you know we got we call yeah. a whistle and we will go for a walk in nature or we do something that reminds us those little things are important to look after ourselves um and so each month we we celebrate something different to kind of remind us that these are the things and, the, and S is surpriser, for example, so that's all that sort of if in doubt but generous stuff and people won't remember what you said but they'll remember how you made them feel yeah, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So then Birdsong has kind of been super critical so that when you do have a difficult conversation to have, you ca you've got something to lean on in terms of remember these are the things we kind of believe in mm. and we've all signed on to that this is how we behave together. And if anyone's obsessed with Brené Brown as I am, is anyone highly obsessed with Brené Brown? Um, so she's just brought out a book called Dare to Lead um, and she helped us actually, because you know, we've had the bird song for 10 years and she helped us actually do another step to actually really turn those into behaviours that look like something like one of the one flock ones, which is about really walking in other people's shoes, we've turned into an actual behaviour that says, I will have the most generous interpretation of somebody else's actions, words or behaviours. Oh. Um, so that's a really good one because quite often we interpret things in a way that is actually not necessarily how they're intended and it just the start of that creates problems. So yeah, there's, there's things that... I think it really helps guide us as leaders and as a whole business. Yeah. You're amazing. Isn't she amazing? I know. <laughs> you are. And imagine if every regional town could have a store like Bird's Nest or a business like Bird's Nest. That, they do. Oh, no. <laughs> 100 and, like, it's just so amazing. So I thought I might open up if anyone would like to ask Jane any questions. Thanks so much, um, Jane. My name's Edwina. I have a business, Birthbeat, um, run out of Tamworth in regional New South Wales, teaching online childbirth education. Um, I also am like massive fangirl of Jane's and have been for years. You touched on something there that no one else had mentioned yet, that you hired a coach. Oh, yeah. And I'm wondering, was that a really pivotal time for you in the business as well? And are other people that you're working with able to access coaching in that way? Uh, yes, it was for me, because I, I, was, I was really questioning whether I should be there or whether I should take a different role and, um, as opposed to, to running the business. And then, yes, we, we really... Um, we do 
we've, we've sort of found emerging leaders as well and put them through coaching. And we've, we've also done a session where we've actually learned how to coach each other a little bit, because actually coaching a lot of the time is recognising that person actually has the answers. They just need some space and time to talk it through. And what you're doing is less mentoring them on, here's how I did it, maybe you could try that, and more just giving them an ear to talk through what's happened and how they could possibly solve it or what's the next step. So um, I think as a leadership team, we, we mentor, mentor and coach each other. Um, and then we do have um, Shalotta, who does our mindfulness coaching. She coaches us. Um, we also have lots of other counselling things that we, 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 we bring into the team when we feel like we need that as well. Or we're in, when, and it might be something actually completely outside the business that is happening for an individual, but it is affecting how they can show up at work. Good one. Anyone else? It's hard to see up here. Hi, I'm Sue. I'm, um, I have a service-based company based in Sydney, in a big city, which is hard enough to find good staff in a, you know, in a large city. What's it been like in a small town like Cooma to recruit and find the right people for the right role, yeah, fit yeah. in the right role? No, it can be super challenging, um, but... It actually hasn't been in the end. I mean, I cannot believe the talent that lives in amongst the mountains. And then the people that have been prepared to move um, to Cooma to have their career with us. Uh, so, you know, probably the most, the most challenging role has been software engineering. And it's challenging in the cities to find talented people. And I feel incredibly lucky um, for, the, for the team that we have. Um, but we have everyone from fashion designers to digital marketers. And quite often the, we just go, you know what, we don't have the skills, so we'll just have to learn it. So that, that would be definitely the case with digital marketing, for example. We've just self-taught, boarding courses, gone on courses, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Everyone's still kind of learning that, though, too, as well. Like, it's Absolutely. hard to find someone that's a total expert. Yeah. That it will work in a business, yeah. No, definitely, yeah. Just looking for the strengths in the team that you have as well. Hi, um, uh, Gilgandra, and... Um, Thank you for being here today. It's amazing to listen to you. I just wanted to ask about freight, being in a regional yep. area. Yep. Um, you, have your, you are a post office, is that right? We are a post office. Yeah. Like, no. No? No. Oh, OK. No. <laughs> Although, um, no. Could, like, could she become a post office? <laughs> That's <laughs> really good. Like, we should do that. Oh, yeah. no. Well, somebody um, once told me, you know, Bird's Nest has their own um, Australia Post rumor mill. kind of outlet. They do come to us. So at the beginning, I remember we used to just run the bags down to the post office. Then we got supermarket We sold a few supermarket trolleys um, and took those down the post office. Then we, like, packed the back of the SUV, you know, um, and the Land Cruiser went to the post yep. office um, and then we got a little van and yeah we have a very funny story about the one day we missed the po we missed a whole lot of bags in the post and our head of customer service sped down the highway after the truck yeah. <laughs> and she was in her, her husband's ute she overtook him and with all the yellow bags on the back and then pulled over and he freaked out that he was losing bags off the back uh. um, and so anyway but no we, we should start a post office sure. well you no. should but my, my actual sorry my actual sorry, question sorry, was sorry, about sorry. No. <laughs> brains ticking <laughs> over here <laughs> I actually wanted to know, um, are you disadvantaged in the time frame that your parcels get delivered? Because I know from Gilgandra, yep. sometimes my biggest challenge is how many stops there are before the parcel gets to the metropolitan area. Yep. And trying to keep up that 
level of customer service. Yeah, I always say if a girl ordered a dress today, she wanted it yesterday. Um, and so getting it there fast is actually super important. We And that's been one of the things that's been a bit of a lucky break for where Cooma is because we are an hour south of Canberra and or an hour and a bit, and we are in their postal network and being the capital of Australia, apparently, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so, uh, so we can so we, we can overnight to any capital city from there, and that and we send everything as we send everything express post. So even if you live in remote Western Australia, we'll, and it, that you're not in an express post area, we will still express post to you because it means it gets to Perth overnight, and then. And then at least that part of the journey is super fast. And so people in really remote areas are like, whoa, how'd you get it here so fast? Um, so we often find just putting the yellow sticker on everything, which as a percentage is not that much more, we, it's been a definite key thing. So it is definitely a challenge, but Australia Post has been an incredible partner, actually, and they haven't even paid me to say that. Um, they, I think it's part of induction that they send people down from Australia Post to us to go through the... Oh, <laughs> we get a lot of visits from Australia Post. You're so smart. <laughs> so smart. I think we have time for one more. So just a quick question about um, shipping. Do you charge for shipping or is it free post? We do, we do charge for shipping, yes. So we've always done what is sustainable for us um, and we've net, you know, I'm the daughter of an accountant, so I'd be like kind of excommunicated if I didn't look at my proper and my cash flow budget and work out could I actually afford to give away postage and all these people that gave away postage at the beginning I was just like oh, how are you doing that you know um, and so and I've seen times actually where our customers of you know when we couldn't you know when all the new people came in and just started uh, everything was free and people were like we want free everything and they're like yeah but you get this and you get that and yeah. you know so we've just you know we've just worked out what's the What's the leanest we can get? We do. We definitely lose money on our post. Like we, you know, like say our Australia Post bill, which is epically big, mm. um, is this? You know, is that big? We might get that much back mm. in what we charge people, but we couldn't afford to get nothing back, or it would mean I can't employ all the people I do and pay their wages. So mm. amazing. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Jane. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you so much for listening and sharing a glass of bubbles with us. Please subscribe if you want to hear more and share it with all your kick-ass businesswomen friends. So until next time, stay fabulous.